Hi, welcome, ladies and gents, in the uh, in the wake of our third Under the Influence Networker event here in London. Thank you very much for joining me, and welcome to Spiros, Darian, and Alex. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about influencer marketing as a field and uh, your own personal approach to the respective end of the spectrum at which you come in at. Let me start with you, Spiros. Uh, Spiros is the number one influencer on our fintech list, and he's gracing us with his presence from Switzerland today. Thank you very much for, for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, I was wondering, in terms of how the landscape has changed, of how brands communicate with their desired audiences, obviously that's changed over the last couple of years. What's your view on what that change has been and how does influence fit into that? I think, uh, thanks for having me, by the way, Analytica and uh, Joe and Ben. The way I see it, I, I can only speak for my industry and what I see out there is I think people are seeking, customers seeking credible voices. And uh, to determine who is credible, I think uh, those, the services Analytica uh, provides and others, but you as a prominent player, helps the banks or the institutions to determine who who to uh, work together to, to to express what services they have. And on the other side, since influencers have to protect their credibility, they will try to talk about certain subjects as 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 truthful as possible and that and that helps customers believe it you know it's a person who tells you an opinion it's not just an ad and uh, and an influencer it's just it doesn't replace the marketing department it it complements it yeah so you mentioned there that authenticity and credibility are kind of the key elements of that work uh, that uh, that companies do with influencers. So, in in your experience, what do you what do you do for your work as as an influencer to maintain that authentic note and that credibility? I think uh, what I do specifically, you have to put the work in, and I mean, it sounds simple, but uh, people sense it if if it's just uh, cut and paste. You have to express an opinion to, for instance, when I tweet, you have to give people credit and you have to help other people. I mean, this is not the, it's extremely important. By making other people shine, people will take you more seriously as an influencer because nobody knows all the truth. So basically, if you say, Ben or Joe wrote this great piece and they had this great conclusion, and I think uh, giving credit and helping people that makes you a real influencer, and um, and and more human, and uh, and that appeals to people. You know, people like to listen to people who who know their stuff, but also have a human element to it. And who doesn't, you know? And helping people is a great thing because we all needed help at some points, and we all will need help at some point. So. My definition of influence is really helping other people shine. 
cooperating for the greater good. Absolutely. If it's your, you know, and that's my strong belief. And I live it. And put the hard work in it. Yeah. And so if we, if we turn that on its head for a moment, if you, if a brand were to approach you to want to work with you mm -hmm. in that capacity, what would you consider the ideal situation? What should a brand bring to the table when they talk to an influencer? When they make that first point of contact? I mean, since I have to protect my, uh, my credibility as an influencer, it's, it's, it's extremely important that they bring something to the table that I'm proud to represent. And, uh, and it doesn't matter if they didn't do this before, but they have to show me that they have something, not a product only, some service that, that I can stand behind it. And if I can stand behind it, my audience will uh, pick it up. You know, if it's, a, for instance, a bank that says, look, in the old days we did like this, but we want to change. And we want to listen to what people really mean and think. And since you, you have a little bit, you're at the pulse of, of what people think, or at least I, I'm not the whole, I'm not the only solution, but I'm part of the solution. And if I believe that's, that they mean this, then I can represent them and say, hey, look, this guy's this, they do very well. And, uh, you know, and I can stand behind it. So it's essentially there's this. They have to show me that we share a common belief of, uh, for instance, in my case, uh, giving customer better bank experience, customer experience. And, you know, that's a great thing about fintech. I mean, all they have is customers. They don't have, they don't have the assets. Oh, and to get those customers, you, you have to be extremely focused on, on their needs. You know, because it's only, why should they come to you if, if you don't provide them with a better service, with a more, you know, that's all they have. So in essence, a successful relationship needs to add value in three places. It needs to add value to the brand. It needs to add value to the influencer and their Absolutely. personality and to the audience. Exactly. And, and if, and if they don't know how, it's fair enough to say, Hey, Spiros, what do you think we should change that so we can work together? And, and if they, if they do this, then you, then you, you know, then you can solve this puzzle. There you have it. Puzzles made simple with Spiros Margaris. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. So, Alex, let me ask you a few questions about uh, your work in the capacity as social influencer engagement and digital marketing representative at IBM. So I'm curious to know, um, what do you think makes influencer marketing such an important element of the marketing mix for a large technology organization like IBM? Um, okay, so we see influencer marketing uh, in a way as an endorsement model where it's helping us move away from broadcasting messaging and into more tar more targeted approach to be able to develop a connection with our core market. And for particularly for areas where we have very... Uh, small number of customers um, that's why we really need, really need to be targeted to be able to engage with them in a very meaningful way uh, within context so you're suggesting that there is a a difference in how you want to communicate with your target audiences from how it used to be let's say a year or five years ago uh yes i would say yeah definitely so we're trying to move 
yeah, you're trying to move away from pretty much to a pers personalized approach as much as possible. However, it's quite difficult on a larger scale, obviously. And through influencer marketing, we're able to uh, uh, leverage uh, external influencers to do this personalization for us in a way. So if we engage with particular network of, of individuals, feed them with our messaging, if we enable them on, on our campaigns and things like that, then they're they are the ones that can then personalize this message to, message to our target audience. So what kind of a person, if we think about the influencer for a second, what kind of a person in broad strokes would be most valuable? Like what does a great influencer look like to you guys? So uh, in terms of the people that we are looking for as influencers is, so we're trying to stay away as and of targeting our customers as influencers or our competitors, obviously. Uh, but it's uh, pretty much person that has the reach. So they're obviously they have the social eminence. They also have the context. So they are the ones that are linked to the people that we want to engage with. So they're the ones that our customers are being influenced by. Uh, and uh, yeah, just the, the relevance to us as well. So they're actually... Um, willing to um, engage with us or that we can develop this relationship with them gradually to, to, to create this engagement. Uh, but in terms of the people that, that we're looking for is, yeah, as I said, that we're trying to stay away from the people that are engaging with the end-to-end -end customer. We're rather looking at the people that are engaging with their peers in a way. So they're IT professionals. Right, and I'd imagine that's that's quite a new thing for a lot of people in the organization to hear and to digest. So, is there a, is there any wisdom you can share about bringing something so new into an organization and how you how you brought people on board gradually? Uh, I would say we always have to start internally. While it's good to show something visibly in terms of success stories, which have been quite useful with uh, analytics demos and things like that, that we're able to, to actually showcase how our influencer map looks like, uh, which always look, get, gets really positive responses. Uh, but to actually have an enablement program behind it, to actually have a plan of execution, so start internally, create the noise internally, and then that's when you should be starting to engage externally when the organization is internally ready to do that. Great. Thank you very much, Alex. You're welcome. Last but definitely not least, uh, we're here with Darian Sims, the B2B Marketing Director for EMEA at Canon. So you look after uh, quite a big and diverse company. So let me ask you a few questions about how influencer relations fits into that concept for you and your organization. So what do you think makes influencer marketing such an important part of the marketing mix of a big forward-facing technology company nowadays. Absolutely. I think the ground beneath many industries is shifting. Uh, and when we're looking at uh, being a relevant and meaningful marketing practice inside Canon today, we really are trying to show the world what more we can do outside of uh, simply photography and print and imaging and print. Uh, the portfolio that we have is growing massively. And therefore, the people that we need to reach are also um, wider than ever before. However, that's an audience that probably doesn't know that we might be in medical imaging, 3D, mixed reality, uh, workflow, business process outsourcing. These are all areas and target audiences we need to access. So I think two things uh, that we are really looking at our influencer strategy for is, is, first of all, to identify who we need to reach and what their network is looking like. And, and, and that's one game. The next one is how do we join 
and potentially in the future start to lead in certain aspects and conversations. So I think it really is for us a compass at the moment uh, that we have been using and we've been working with you, of course, on, on how to shape that. So uh, it's exciting times for, for us because, you know, I think this opens up a, a, a world of opportunities that makes this challenge of how to get to our market much more tangible. So you were then, you're trying to utilize the specificity of an influencer approach to both diversify your message, but also make it more specific to the different areas you're trying to hit. Yeah, this is it. I think when you put the customer at the center of the story, we really need to be wrapping all the best parts of what we can offer the customer uh, around their needs and their need state. So um, it's, a, it's a real switch, especially when you're a manufacturer. And I believe, obviously, uh, Alex sitting to my left works for a, a company that does indeed manufacture, but they position things around uh, around the customer need. And it's exactly the way we're doing it as well. So when we do that, we really have to listen first. We have to understand what the themes are behind some of the, the core things that we're trying to address. So when we can match up those customer pains and bring some of the capabilities and hopefully therefore the net gains to that need, it really does help us to focus in on our messaging as well and validate what we think what we think is correct and help to continue to refine how we shape and build value propositions. So I think really influencer starts at the beginning of the value chain in, in, in helping us to shape our messaging and also to validate it. But then it also works at the other end when we're working closely with sales and sales enablement uh, in terms of how we really knit that together and make sure that we can accelerate deals through the pipeline. Um, in a relevant and meaningful way uh, and get the message out to the customer as much as possible. Cool. And so in that in that spectrum you mentioned, obviously the type of influencer that might be of interest to you from one end of the spectrum in terms of messaging and co-creation to the other end, which is more sales enablement, social sales driven. Yeah. How different would you see the, the makeup of the relevant partners in crime from one to the other. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, I like the idea of having them as partners in crime there. It's very good uh, just to make sure that we are uh, carefully positioning ourselves in, in the fully legal space of uh, um, process outsourcing, imaging and uh, development. No, I, I like the idea of it because it is indeed a collaboration. So I think, you know, when we're looking at um, the type of activities that we, we enact through influence, uh, in terms of, uh, of researching to understand where uh, our reach is currently, uh, what our current base of influence and, and our relevance to, to, to industry needs, that's kind of important there. But those same aspects still occur in, into the pipeline as well. So the way we've been working in the past is to really look at using uh, influence to validate how to develop things and to make sure we do shrink wrap around industry needs. But then at the other end, really, what we're, what we're really looking at is how we leverage our own subject matter experts in the process and put them in the shop window and value them as much as anything else. Because when it comes down to a customer really being open and interested to new possibilities with your organization, it then needs to find out what relevance it has to them. And often the best people to put in front of them are our subject matter experts. So in traditional sales, they can be pre-sales, they can be consultants. What's important now is how can influence couch them in the industry? What network do they have? How are they learning around industry best practices? So I think it's important that all of that good work is in some way visualized by us to know how our key people are, are networked, how we can support them to become more networked. So it's employee investment on one hand, 
and again, obviously, for the customer on the other, because they they really value that person. They might have seen them run a keynote or um, be on a roundtable. They might be well networked themselves. So in a way, we're really helping to reinforce the uh, brand and value perception that Canon can bring to any particular market. So I'm hearing that obviously you've got a, a, a large and complex organization with many different stakeholders entering into this process and uh, also the ambition to to position the subject matter experts within the organization as influencers themselves uh, on the subject at large. So with all those grand ambitions, do you have any suggestions or any advice for others that are trying to make room for this kind of thing in their organization? Yeah, I think the way in which we, you know, I've looked at that, uh, because often when you've got something new like influence in an organization, you've got to really position it. People don't know that they need it. I really think we need to be thinking in this way um, all the way through our marketing and sales value chain. Uh, where does influence play a part and, and what are the tactics we need to employ? So one of the key things I did was start really making it a, um, uh, raising the profile of it, but then also making sure that we could see, let's say at the sales end as an example, where the value was in terms of our investment in our employees to help them grow their professional network. So I created a little kind of um, uh, audition process, if you like, where people could run interviews for 15 minutes with us and talk about where their passions lie, which industries they've worked in, what are the key networks they have existing, uh, and, and where they feel um, their area of business could go. We shortlisted that. We ran then uh, a little bit of training uh, with them and then eventually came to a day where we brought the final, let's say, 15 people together around some core themes, grouped them together and ran if you like, uh, roundtables and, and communication uh, practices with them, sorry, spokesman training with them. This then gave us that sense of this is a really cool thing to be a part of and has in that one short exercise that lasted a few weeks really resonated around our company, around this whole program and what does it mean and how can I get my social network uh, improved and really people see it as a, as, a, as a valuable thing now. So the next step for us is how to make that connect up the upstream into sales uh, enablement and then campaigns and then uh, obviously value proposition design, of which is probably uh, a key factor for all of their jobs or at least some of their jobs. So I'm asking for more time and effort from them, but making them feel really good about it at the same time. So it's uh, a bit of a sales job at the moment, but it seems to be working. There you have it, Canon driving passion from the inside. Thank you very much, Darren. Thanks. Thank you guys very much uh, for providing such unique insights into your profession and your respective organizations. I look forward to speaking with you again in a couple of minutes with a cold one in hand. Thank you very much.